This is AlphaGeekRadio.com. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Not panic, ladies and gentlemen. A casual has taken control of the airways. This is Casually Hardcore, live on alphageekradio.com. For Sunday, the 19th of October, 2014, this is Casually Hardcore. I am Gnomewise. And I'm alone. The fates have conspired to leave me all by my lonesome. My loving wife is on a little tiny puddle jumper plane uh, hovering over Pennsylvania at this point. So at some point we will be interrupted with, by a phone call, just uh, warning you of her safe arrival at her uh, destination. She is traveling the world, and unfortunately, uh, Grail had an unexpected uh, work trip uh, thrust upon him in the last day or so. I believe he's in D.C., uh, doing God knows what for God knows whom, leaving Daxa home alone with their dog, who just returned home yesterday from surgery and has demonstrated a Houdini-like ability to remove the cone of shame and try to chew her stitches out. So she can't even sit down long enough to Skype, never mind come over here to do a radio show. So it's just measums. God help us all, rather than leave you guys without uh, a show for another week, since we are, we're already on hiatus last week, I'm going to try and solo this, though I do have some Skype guests uh, in the offing. I am also using this opportunity to experiment with the Alpha Geek video channel. Yes, I'm actually sending mm, HD video of uh, my talking head to the interwebs, and I would be very grateful if some of you could head over to alphageekradio.com and then click on the video link at the top and run the stream. Let me know how it looks and sounds uh, compared to just the audio stream. Uh, we've got quite a few people lined up to start uh, simulcasting their video on this or casting their very first video on this. Uh, I've got the robot all worked out, so between live shows there's recent episodes. basically a video version of all the audio channels that you have become used to and trying to make it as easy as possible for all of our hosts to be able to go on the air, get off the air, without having to go through too much contortion. Um, so please, check it out. Uh, if you're on a mobile device, it's mobile.alphageekvideo.com. And for now, you can go straight to uh, alphageekradio.com and click on the video link, because that's really all there is to the Alpha Geek Video site, is that one link for the moment, because it's brand new, and I just made it. As another aside, since my lovely wife is uh, hovering over the wilds of Pennsylvania as we speak, I, it also means I'm solo parenting. So there will almost certainly be intruder alerts at some point during the show. Just brace yourself for it now. 
Uh, and also, if you're on the video stream, yes, I know I have not rigged it so that the sounds from the soundboard can go over to that yet. I'm just testing the picture. Um, and in the black void, Barry VA looks up from the bench with hope. <gasps> Could it be my time to shine? Yes, Barry, I will be calling you later in the show. Just get over your hangover, hydrate a little bit more, and I will call you in a later segment. But right now, I'm going to bring on first mystery guest, if I can here. Let's see. Oh, haha. <laughs> I made a boo-boo. I tried to start a video call with Skype when the broadcasting software already has possession of the camera and says, ah, screw you, Jobu. I do it to myself. Uh, so he's kindly calling me back because I screwed up the initiation of the call. Can you hear me now? Oh, I thought it was my fault. I thought I did something wrong, and I was like, oh, no, I, I broke everything. I broke the airwaves. Normally, that would be a good assumption because it's <laughs> you... Uh, joining us on the line, the famous Gohex, also known as Ken. How you doing, man? Oh, Gohex, jeez, I've not heard that in a while. Hello, yeah, I'm all good, I'm all good. Man, I've not heard that in some time. To be fair, the last time I think we actually chatted on air, I, I was definitely going by the, the, the pseudonym of Gohex, so it's good to be called, I guess. <laughs> uh, some old-time feel there. Yeah, it's all, it's all good over here. How are you doing? I'm still kicking. Um, so I am solo, solo parenting, solo hosting, solo, solo, solo. Therefore, the house is a mess, and I have to Skype in my human contact because no one will come visit me in person because I'm a sad nerd. So you're asking me to solo the show while you go and stop uh, kids from rampaging throughout the house and destroying everything? It is entirely <laughs> possible that that will come to pass, yes, because... Uh, Nemesis and Arch Nemesis uh, are tag team annoying each other. Um, Arch Nemesis has learned the sacred art of pressing her siblings' buttons. And her siblings' buttons are roughly the size of dinner plates, so it's not hard for a four-year-old to rile him up. Uh, so, yeah, it's a real interesting time when they're left to their own devices. Uh, thermonuclear detonation detected. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, so to me, I'm kind of at the lucky stage right now where I don't have to worry about kids yet, but I'm still at the the younger age where I I'm poor. So you know, there's the ups and the downs of each each side. <laughs> Your day will come. <laughs> I don't know about that. Don't 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 give me nightmares already, my man. Don't give me nightmares <laughs> yet. Not not for me. Not yet. Not yet. Save yourself. It's not too late. <laughs> Well, that is something that has happened since the last time we were on the air together, though. You've become an old married man. Congratulations. Oh, yes, that's true as well. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, tra traditional dress for, and all. Oh, it's been nine months now. Nine months I've been married. Oh, nine whole months, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's a long road, but you, but you made it nine months. To be fair, the last <laughs> time I was also a student... And I also wasn't had never worked in a job in my life, so I have become an adult in some sense. And I'd also never been to America in a long while, mm -hmm. and I've also come and uh, uh, visited your homeland. So all those things have happened since then. Yes, you're you're officially an old man. Doc Dead observes in in the black void. Um, but welcome to adulthood and overrated, isn't it? <laughs> um, overrated, underrated. I think it's a mix. Um, Again, like I said, not as rich as I hope to be. Um, you can start, I sort of thought, wow, I'll have my own wage. That'll be great. Yeah. Be great. Uh, then, then I realized there's rent and bills. and, and You have wage and you have expenses. It's a, called a balance sheet. 
insies and, and outsies. Gazinta, and having Gazauda. a wife also adds to that as well. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. So we're not going to talk about that because that's a whole other rabbit hole. We're not going to go down. Yes, sir. I don't want to get in trouble, sir. I not going to do it. Would not be prudent. Uh, so we have uh, stories and things happening out there in the world of nerd. So I will, I will before I suck up too much of your time. Let's go over to the subreddit, alphageekradio.reddit.com, which I would appear to have managed to close, because I <laughs> Oh, you got a subreddit. That's cool. I never even thought of doing that. Uh, a cool it's thing. a wonderful way to get suggestions from the community. People can vote things up and down, submit links, uh, kind of replace the research thread in the forum, because it's, it's just kind of the perfect format for that. Definitely. Um, no, I've subscribed already. There we go. I'm now, I'm now a member. What a surprise. You were already a Redditor. Shocked <laughs> I, was. I was. Shocked. Um, <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll see that all of the points I have are both from the League of Legends subreddit and from, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, all the geeky things. All of the geek. Uh, all the nerds. Well, some news that was talked about in the last week and a half or so, because we did uh, not have a live show last week due to life. Uh, the continuation of the Ghostbusters movie saga is actually coming to pass after so many, we can even say a decade or so, more than a decade of Bill Murray basically saying no, no, and no, and no, no, no. Um, <laughs> when... You can kind of understand it, though. I mean, there's so many things out there, so many reboots that mm-hmm. just... Uh... Or, or, or sequels that just turn out absolutely horrific. Let me just bring up Silence of the Lambs for one simple little thing there. Um, <laughs> I can understand why he'd say no. It's kind of a wise thing to do. But at the same time, there's always that chance. There's always that little chance that it could be a beautiful, amazing thing. Yes, you know? but unfortunately, Harold Ramis is no longer with us. So yeah. getting the gang back together without a seance at this point, though it would be perfect for, you know, Ghostbusters. <laughs> to maybe have him on as a ghostly character, I th- probably think in poor taste. But yeah. who, who have we had holograms on of stage uh, of questionable taste? Um, Tupac uh, comes to mind. <laughs> That's true. Didn't yep. stop them. Uh, but anyway. I think they, the most uh, impressive one was some strange anime girl in Japan in the past couple of years. You know, that, that that's an ongoing, ongoing thing. That's a whole... Um, subgenre of music of not taking human voice and auto-tuning it, but completely synthetic artists. So yeah. the, the voice is done completely electronically, sounds like someone who's doing auto-tune, and also doing a, a projection of an animated character. They, they had... Um, it on... Hatsune Miku, I believe, is the one I'm looking at. Here we go. Yes, that's, the big, that, that's the big one. Uh, that was on uh, late-night television here in the U.S. recently. Um, oh. so it's, it's achieved that level of notoriety where, uh, you know, someone here t- thought enough of it to fly them across the ocean to put them on their show. Uh, <laughs> the host had no idea how to deal with the situation, which was, uh, additional hilarity. Um, cause <laughs> how do you deal with someone who's not, I guess you should go talk to the technicians because they're the ones who are actually doing the performance over there. Are they the celebrities at that point? Do you have to make sure that they have like all of the backstage privilege and all You'd that? You'd think all the someone, someone's probably playing up that angle to, to just increase the reality of the character. Um, <laughs> but when you get right down to it, it's pretty creepy. Um, especially, of course, uh. it's the hyper Lolita-esque you know, anime female character that kind of gives 
my skin the crawlies a little bit. I can um, understand that. I, like, I'm not the kind of person who has a waifu on a, a life-size pillow, to be honest. So, you yeah. know, it's not my personal thing. But uh, like, each to their own and all that. Each to their own. I don't have the weeaboo gene, and I hope to never integrate it, because... Yeah. But anyway, coming back from that rather remarkable tangent, uh, the Ghostbusters series will be rebooted with an all-female cast, which I think is... a different take on the reboot i'm not i'm getting real dry on the whole reboot thing uh this one i think has actually been out of production long enough where restarting it and especially taking a very deliberately different take on it i can get behind this reboot i think it's interesting they chose an all-women cast what what was the reason behind this the Um, first one had an all-male cast I suppose, but okay, that's fine. I mean, like, I, I mean, that, that's just that's just kind of a tribute to the kind of the built-in sexism in, in our um, ah, in, in our society, actually. where we didn't call Ghostbusters. Oh, that's the all-male cast of Ghostbusters. That was just Ghostbusters because, well, it was. And it's not it's not all female in the in the lead roles, but they're also gender swapping the secondary characters. So the secretary character, the love interest, will all be gender swapped to men. So okay. I think it's it's a clever it's you know it's a partially a marketing ploy but partially just a way to freshen it and distinguish it from the original, hopefully while keeping the original spirit intact. We'll see. I I would push towards I would enjoy if the um I don't care the who they cast to be honest whether it's all male or female I don't I don't care about the gender of the people really so long as you know they don't just say we are employing these males because they are male you know that's the, kind of the yeah. main thing i don't care who the actors are and, and 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 their gender so long as they actually fit the role and the purpose of the film and make it enjoyable because that's what it is it's supposed to be an, an inter- piece of entertainment more than anything yeah, i've been um, surprised before i was i was extremely dubious about guardians of the galaxy and was wonderfully surprised and happy to see that they managed to pull off an extremely entertaining and fun movie within the confines of the Marvel you know, galactic universe. Because um, it just, when I first heard about it, it's like, I'm first hearing about this. Like, really? Okay, is that, that the direction you're heading with it? Okay. So, again, it'll yeah. come down to the quality of the, of the final product. I think I wish him well. I hope you know, Ghostbusters has a long and, and, and storied life uh, in the theaters again with this go around. But time, time will tell. Indeed. Uh, all the best to them because uh, it was a classic and it'd be sad if another classic was tainted by another horrific sequel. So, yeah, all yeah. the best. Uh, speaking of kind of revivals, uh, James Earl Jones has stepped up to the microphone to record the first new <gasps> Darth Vader lines in many, many years because the Darth Vader we heard in episode three was a combination of him and Hayden Christensen. Um, so we got a little bit of James Earl at the end of that film, but he has recorded some original dialogue for Star Wars Rebels, the animated series. I've never been a fan of the animated series. I've, i got to say, I'm kind of uh, just the, 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 the core of Star Wars. I've only seen the films and uh, played played a couple of games. Um, so I can't say I've, I've enjoyed that. 
Other than, of course, the Wikipedia pages. I think everybody goes in these kind of sprees where they think, I wonder what, is, uh, what a grey Jedi is. And then they go through a spree of reading everything about it. Um, but regardless, I think the original voice actor was uh, absolutely fantastic and met the role amazingly. It'll be interesting to see how they do in a modern take of it, since it has been a couple of decades since. A little bit. Uh, um, yeah. I can recommend to you the Clone Wars series. It does, it does get off to somewhat, something of a shaky start. Um, but by season two, it is one of the most consistent and entertaining pieces of Star Wars canon that's out there, which, and you wouldn't think that, well, isn't it a cartoon, but it's a cartoon done, you know, CGI. It, it did the, what I would thought would be the impossible. It made the character of Anakin Skywalker interesting and believable to me. <laughs> <laughs> stay, with here. The, stay with me here. Stay with me, because it, it, it because it's many seasons. Uh, it's five and a half, arguably seasons, because its last season got truncated and went straight to Netflix. But they could take their time showing the slow progression and the series of events that pushed the not most stable person in the universe to begin with towards some really bad decisions. And in the confines of episode three, they had to time compress that whole fall, and it just didn't uh. ring true. It's just like, wh why are you making these obviously wrong and stupid decisions? And, in, and when you stretch that out over years of storytelling, it all suddenly makes sense, and his fall to the dark side is completely believable when you see the whole story. So it made the character well, more interesting, way more interesting to me. That certainly sounds interesting. Um, I've never been much of a fan of cartoon series or anime series in the past few years, to be honest. It's not my uh, entirely my thing. And plus, as I'm sure you're completely in the same zone as me, there's always this massive list. And it's when, you, when I think of books, yep. when somebody suggests a book to me, I'm like, okay, I'll add it to that's number 67 from the list. Um, but I can happily say I'll put this on the list after Battlestar Galactica, mm. as I've downloaded the whole 86 gig or so of all those seasons recently. So um, I can add that on. <laughs> yep. It is definitely, and remember, the series starts with a movie, and most of the time the movie is a separate item to go find. So you go find the Clone Wars movie, and then uh, series one of the television series. They'll usually be two separate things. Um, oh, it's the same as uh, Battlestar Galactica, funnily enough, which yep, I was always going to watch. <laughs> same thing they're doing with Star Wars uh, Rebels. And the dumbest title, because it's, it's about two chapters long, the full title of the series is... No, actually, the full title of the series is Star Wars Rebels. The special air quotes movie lead in they're doing for it is star wars rebels spark of rebellion the department of redundancy department uh, <laughs> but that's the one that has the james earl jones reprising his role as the voice of darth vader and darth vader makes a cameo in in the so it's an actual star wars spinoff with some real darth vader in it for the first time in oh, ever Oprah. That's certainly going to be fun, and I think everybody's looking forward to having the return of a classic character like that. And I think that's going to make everybody go, regardless of whether the film's any good or not. <laughs> I'm curious to see, because there's been some rumblings of some of the antagonists in, who will be introduced in Rebels will have a through line in Episode 7. So they're making a very deliberate effort to do what Marvel has been doing, which is to tie their te television properties directly into their film properties. We'll see. We will see indeed. I can only encourage them to do crap. I keep closing that instead of hitting the back arrow because I'm a moron. 
Ah, talk amongst Middle yourselves. Middle click is your friend. Middle click is your friend. I don't have a middle button. Oh, horrible. The bu- it, I, I do. It's just the micro switch stopped working a while ago, and I've been um, too lazy to, <laughs> to fix Understandably. it. Understandably. Because, you know, kids and wives out of town and that kind of thing, and internet connections slowing to a crawl when I'm trying to open. There it is. Ah, so here's a funny one, and I hope they actually go through it through with it this is uh for our friends up north of the wall in canada uh this is from the globe and viacom threatens to pull channels from canadian tv over pick and pay so <sighs> they're basically as they as we as a culture are moving towards a more fair way of paying for our media um, we had a recent announcement that hbo is making rumblings about next year finally offering the their online service uh for purchase a la carte we... i i don't quite see how this is a threat exactly <laughs> dude go through with it now just watch new competitors rise from your ashes and dance upon your grave because that's 1970s and 80s thinking there where you still have a monopoly on the small number of channels and the only way we can consume your stuff is via broadcast or cable tele- television and that's it sorry guys those days are gone, and these little yep. temper tantrums just show you for the spoiled brat monopoly that you are. Yep, uh, the internet and the the cutting the, the the pulling the plug is the future. And in the past, actually, it's been happening for some time now. Uh, Netflix and uh, Amazon Prime and all these services have been absolutely destroying the TV industry, whether they like to admit it or not. And um, no matter what silly little moves they make, um, it's good if they can actually admit, you know, this a la carte sort of thing is a brilliant move, but maybe you should pull away from TV because it's probably costing you more than it should do compared to these online services. I don't... Just saying. I don't think the a la carte offerings are a brilliant move. I think it's the only move remaining to them. Yeah. If if you want... Our eyes on your screens, you need to be on the devices that we're on. Um, yes, Boba, I'm aware uh, we are not long-term uh, staying on Ustream. Ustream is our test bed platform, and they do have annoying advertisements that pop up at random intervals. <coughs> Adblock Plus. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I was clearing my throat there. Um <laughs> so we're experimenting with Alpha Geek Video right now. I forgot before you came on, I explained to people that they can head over to mobile.alphageekvideo.com and watch my talking head. And uh, Boba just reminded me, yes, it's currently on the one service that offers unlimited bandwidth uh, for free to broadcasters like me. The downside is they will throw ads into the stream whenever they see fit. So it's still it's in beta. This is just to work out the kinks on the broadcasting side and then looking at the viability of uh, having our own server on the back end because that's some serious bandwidth and cost. So I'm going with the free one for now, and we just have to put up with the annoyance of of adverts. Well, Um, we've been doing well with the YouTube stream so far. That's been our kind of uh, go-to on ShowX. But um, there's upsides and downsides to it. It's kind of a bit difficult to configure it for Skype and all that. But anyway, 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 I don't, yeah. want, I don't want to bore you with all this. This is boring technical stuff. No, I'm, I'm listeners. building a system here to allow both people who use things like Wirecast and XSplit and people who use Hangouts can all simulcast on this rig. So that's all in Ooh. place now. And so it can be a one-stop shop no matter what production tool you use. The only remaining challenge is it all has to go up to a server at some point to be distributed out to lots of bandwidth-hungry players, 
And that's the bit that is really hard to do for free or even cheap if you're going to do it well. So therein lies the rub. But I've been, the last couple months has been building the robot that drives it all and allows people to put their simulcast on there. That's all in place now. So this is now moving into beta testing and torture testing that system before we go <laughs> spending money on a uh, content distribution network because that's definitely that's scary. I do love the term. It's scary is what it is. Yeah, I do love the term uh, torture testing, FYI. Oh, yes. No, I, I just sent the email out to all my hosts saying, okay, get in there and break it, were the words that I used. I want them to find everything I did wrong and break it before we go out of beta, because that's what betas are for. So, yeah. um, so I was going to bring up, just while I'm actually here, I, I glanced over my bookcase, and I saw something that I've been reading in the past week that actually uh, links back to a few years ago. Um, so casually hardcore back in the day, uh, I remember I like discussing, um, the, uh, Codex of Alera, Fury of Calderon. Yes, Jim, Jim Butcher. Butcher. I actually picked that up after listening to the show about, ooh, six, seven years ago. And I never actually read it. And my parents recently brought up the last of my stuff from my old house. Um, and I found it amongst some old dusty caverns, and uh, I decided to start reading it. And I thought, where did I find this from? <laughs> oh, yeah, casually hardcore all those years ago. So yes, well, you know, I finally actually picked up that book and that recommendation. <laughs> Our reach is international. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, Codex Alera. Did you ever read any of the Dresden files of his, or did you this is this your first uh, Jim Butcher? No, this is my first uh, into it, but I did. I was Ooh. telling the wife, uh, Miss Kin Features, about how uh, Jim Butcher was interviewed by you guys all those years ago, and she went, "That's yes. so cool!" And she loves Jim Butcher, so she was. Now we're trying to get him that. back on for another interview. It's just, just the, the long, slow dance with his publicist, and it's, a, it's just a long line of, of outlets that want to talk to the man. Of course, but he is extremely, he is cool man. extremely generous with his time. Because um, I mean, who, who in the land of successful authors uh, such as him? is likely to make time to do a Skype interview with who? Cat, you know, Alpha Geek what? Okay. Um, and he was complete delight and tons of fun and just stuff. You know, it's clearly someone you could sit down and have a beer with and have all kinds of things not even related to any of his books to talk about. Hell, I learned what the term squatching was from him because apparently <laughs> he goes and does it. Apparently you go out and look for Sasquatch with the, understa oh, with the understanding. Yes, I've passed it on. With the under it's like it's like snipe hunting. You're going out hunting a mythical thing you know you're never going to find because what you're really doing is going out into the, the wilds and drinking beer around a fire. You might think you found something though. That's always to have fun of it, isn't it? There's always um, that that tiny chance that it could happen. But yeah, he he was going to go squatching with his son when we were done with our interview, which I thought was hilarious. And oh, that's cute. I had a, today. I learned what squatching is. <laughs> well, uh, yes, and uh, I have to actually go back and listen to that interview now that I'm actually reading the book and be blown away again by it. Because, uh, <laughs> now I should be, uh, get the references and stuff, so that'll be cool. <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, once you're done with Codex Alera, I can highly recommend the ever-expanding uh, Dresden Files series, which has, I think, three or four more books remaining before it completes. But just keeps getting better, every single book that comes out. Just everything that uh, Robert Jordan wasn't, Jim Butcher is. Yep, just just putting that out there. <laughs> uh, not to speak ill of the dead, but boy, did he need an editor, and you could tell when they took it away. <sighs> so yeah, well, no sense for future. Yeah. So, yeah, Viacom, go for it. Pull your damn uh, shows out of Can Canadian. See what you get. Uh, what you will get Bring is it. competitors. Yeah. And I'm remembering to push the back button because I'm trying to be less dumb. Let's <laughs> see here. Oh. Yes, here's the one we, we referred to uh, obliquely earlier. 
Uh, this is from Recode.net. HBO says it's going to start selling on the web next year. Now that makes that a very clickbaity title because that's something we've all been you know, we've all said. Give us HBO Go by itself without the need for being an HBO subscriber, and we will all go for it. When you read deeper into the article, it was one sentence in a comment from a, an executive at an investor's meeting. And <laughs> so it wasn't exactly a press release. At the same time, it was very specific and clear. So this was uh, HBO CEO Richard Plepler, when speaking to investors, said, quote, we will be launch a standalone, over-the-top version of HBO in the next year, and we will work with current partners and may work with others as well. Says clearly, beyond the wall, meaning outside of cable TV distribution, over-the-top, meaning via set-top boxes, um, not through, you know, basically not through coaxial cable via other methods, red IP, um, within the next year. So 2015, according to this, we'll see the launch of some kind of freestanding, delivered via the internet, HBO product. The little bit that people skip over in his statement was working with current partners. From that, you can infer they're probably going to bundle this with the individual ISPs, saying mm. you at least have to be subscribed to one of our partners and get this service over that internet connection to be able to purchase it. So yes, we will allow you to buy it over the internet, but it has to be over the right internet, and that way they can slice off a little of the money and give it to the cable companies to assuage them from the fact that, holy crap, you're stealing our subscribers. Because HBO has this whole symbiotic relationship with the cable companies where they do all the advertising for HBO. HBO doesn't do a lot of their own advertising because the cable companies do it for them because when the subscribers pay, the cable company gets a large cut of that as well as HBO. So it's in their best interest to advertise the product and get people to sign up for HBO. That all goes away when HBO goes to fly solo. So I think they're very carefully going to partner with all these internet service providers slash cable TV companies to make sure they get a piece of the action to ease this inevitable transition to direct delivery a la carte purchasing. I'm just glad to see that it's moving forward and not stagnating anymore. They got a big piece of the pie. So Give me a piece I of that pie. I think it's absolutely brilliant that they're actually finally moving on to a web service. I mean, how long has it been people have been crying for this? But I think it's a brilliant um, put forward for these kind of for the fact that, that HBO has been able to survive so well on just plain old TV by one simple method. By producing good stuff. Oh, <laughs> what a concept. I know, it's absolutely amazing. No, it's the so H it's HBO model, the AMC model of just bringing us the crap that we want. Yeah. Um, a lot of places, I think, just have, um, you know, Jersey Shore and Georgia <sighs> Shore and these these kind of TV shows because it's kind of the stuff you just put on that's there and it's available and that's how it survives. I, I would like to apologize on behalf of the United States for Geordie Shore. Um, the I, I'm sorry you were infected. We didn't well, know. We I, didn't know it was airborne. 
I love how you don't know much about this because Geordie Shore was in the UK. It's yes. Jersey Shore that's from the US. Right. No, I'm apologizing <laughs> that we spread our disease to you. Oh, all right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Because it, it were, was directly okay, inspired by the Jersey Shore. So I was about to show you some respect for not knowing that actually. No, I did, and I I'm sorry. Funny. I know what Geordies are, and and, and you, okay. need, you need to apologize for me for what that did to my brain. Um, I apologize. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. Hey, I did wash out with some beer while you were here. Anyway. <laughs> um, you have the benefit of being later in the day and not solo parenting children. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's great that they're actually managing to finally move on to a new service. And the fact that it's bundled with great entertainment that HBO does provide, and no, I'm not paid by them much anyway. Um, <laughs> I think it's brilliant. They're finally going ahead and doing this and bundling all these things together to give a great service. Hopefully, we'll see how it goes. Indeed. Uh, it brings us conveniently to a breaking point. Uh, so I'm going to queue up a little double clicks. Uh, this is Gojira, or Godzilla. And when we return, we will have more stories, more me attempting to hold down a solo show or calling uh, via Skype for help. We shall return... Just broke my heart 
Now hold me close so I don't punch your face. Hey, this is Veronica Belmont from Vaginal Fantasy, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Casually Hardcore continues live on alphageekradio.com. I am joined by he of the mighty fro and <laughs> he of the mighty beard. Between mm. them, they may rule the world. Doc Dead and the Barry Von Awesome, also known as Nate and Wayne. And Wayne and Nate are in the house with me. What's up, dudes? Hello. <clears throat> Doc, I didn't think you could get any more crap on those walls, but now I see by a Skype video here that you managed to do it. Hey, I have plenty of wall space behind me here to still fill. In fact, I was inspired by all the cosplayers I know at different conventions that I go to, and they get every solid inch of wall to the point where it looks like it's papered with all their artwork and things like that. So I'm actually kind of behind the times. We're not quite up to it. So Wayne, you need to go over to mobile.alphageekvideo.com and pull up the stream and see that we are, in fact, engaged in an arms race. Um, <laughs> I have seen yours. I was watching the video. Oh, you've seen you part of it. it. You've seen part of it. Just the bit that the camera can capture. So we, we will have, we'll have to throw down at some point. Uh, oh, yeah, well, and I only show part of my office because the other thing you don't see is the desk itself. Ah. And because on the desk I have the one side that has, like, you know, all the college books, you know, my Maya programming, rapid development, you know, algebra trig, HTML, all those kind of things. And then on the other side I have all my miniatures and, like, the, the ponies that Pusa has made and my Sandman statuette, my – I forget what they're called, but the little big-headed models of, like, Galactus – those of you on video Vader. are now seeing the Pusar original Alpha Squeak Rodeo. Yes. And <laughs> my, I, I'm not big on miniatures, but I do have one. And fans of Red Dwarf will recognize Starbug. Cause, hey! Because Red Dwarf. Yes. I'll have to, to, to engage in an arms race with you on uh, miniatures just so I can have an excuse to buy things at, at cons. I was going to say, I have so many ridiculous different things to the point of uh, the lovely Miss Copy, her sister, made me a custom... Um, Is that Shalvatron? Uh, that's Shockwave, okay. Yeah, that she crocheted herself. That's awesome. Her own pattern, and it's surprisingly amazing. A so crochet, yes, I do have crochet lots Shockwave. of random geek. So how's the show going? How are things? I had this weird guy from across the pond on earlier. I don't know. Uh, people should avoid doing shows with him, I think. <laughs> I think he was drunk. Clearly clearly he was drunk. Because that's how he rolls, I think. And he's got this um, kit, Miss Kitten features he keeps talking about. I think he's got an imaginary friend. Well, he's, he does have a chinchilla. Say that. Uh, isn't that like the place you go for the really big burritos? Well, I know it's something that um, tends to destroy his electronics. Oh, great. Not well, his rear end, necessarily. So. Ooh, not touching uh, that one. George Clooney, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I have a condition. Hey, what? Isn't he all like a married man now and so got away from being... That just means you found someone who has the same kinks as he, uh, that he does. I mean, you stop that crap. <laughs> you just find your match. It's like, clearly, you and I should hang together. Come with me. I have tape. Anyway, moving right along. Uh... Consulting the great and powerful subreddit, um, after waffling back and forth uh, many times, and I, and I know, Barry, you'll want to chime in on this one, uh, the great and powerful Robert Downey Jr., he of the mighty goatee um, and drug rehab survivor and uh, tr triumpher, 
is in fact signing up for more of Marvel movies after all, after doing the whole, oh, I don't know, there's Screen Actors Guild rules and stuff. I just mean i got to charge them lots of money. I don't think I'll be in, a, in Iron Man 4. Oh, Captain America 3, on the other hand, that's not a third sequel. That's not a fourth sequel, so yeah, I'll sign right up for that one. <laughs> they were just talking about this on another podcast I was listening to when the topic of which actor do you think will become a billionaire first came up. And they were like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> His life will <laughs> well, imitate art. Yes, let's see. Best IP possible and and thing to be associated with. What are you? I'm a billionaire playboy. Mm-hmm. Philanthropist. Both in real life and, and in movies. How, how epic is that? Yes. And how cool to, to, to come back from black tar heroin addiction to this. You want oh, to talk absolutely. about the, 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 the local boy making good. It's part of why I think we like to cheer for him so much because in the back of your mind is there, this guy could have wound up could have been a, a River Phoenix or you know, any oh, number yes. of other people struck down before their time by substance abuse. And you just kind of feel a little bit extra warm and fuzzy. Oh, I got one more movie you know, out of this person and, and that <laughs> before, we, that yes. before something goes horribly wrong or instead of something going horribly wrong. So it's this weird backwards reaffirmation of human, human life. I don't know, your, your brain does weird things. And I just like watching him because he's freaking entertaining as hell. I always have to point out, just because uh, former SNL cast member as well. Yes. yes. Often overlooked. Wow. Yeah, one season in like 1984, he was mm-hmm. on SNL. I didn't realize he did a season. Anything yep. I saw with him I thought was always just him doing an appearance. That's yep. interesting. Yep. No, the appearances came later, after after the kind of the failed attempt to be a cast member. <laughs> after he found out he wasn't funny. It's a funny old level. He's totally capable of being funny, just not his main strength. Um... But yeah, so he will be playing the recurring role um, of Tony Stark in Captain America 3 as co-star level. So he's going to be a major part of the plot. Mm. And all indications are that this is Marvel warming up to attempt to bring to the big screen the Civil War storyline. Yeah, I saw some things that that looked like it could be happening, which would be really impressive. Their challenges are many because they don't have access to a lot of the major players in Civil War, like the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, Spider-Freaking Man. Yes, exactly. Spider-Man's role in that story is key because they literally fight over which side Spider-Man's going to (laughs) take. Yep. Hey, but this is the same problem that's going to happen with all of the Marvel IP. So because we're having this issue with uh, with X Men yep. as they go forward, um, but we're having the issue with just anything Spider Man because he can't do any crossovers. But and they're trying to expand his universe with the Sinister Six and all those things. Yep. And so there's this whole conundrum where, you know, I, I went back and read through essentially <clears throat> Secret Wars, and I went back and read through Thanos and did all those things with the Infinity Gauntlet. And each of those storylines, the funny part, carried, like you said, Fantastic Four. Yep. It had Spider-Man in it. It had the action. All of those. And the, and the Avengers, because those were all those major groups and plot lines. That's what it was all was about. So this is going to be a major rewrite. And I think it will it will rest very heavily on the new characters we're about to be introduced to. So Ant-Man... <laughs> And I think what everyone is overlooking is the not insignificant number of characters we're about to get on the Netflix series. So Daredevil, Power Man, Jessica Jones, and who's the fourth one? Iron Fist. Um, And so the the Defenders, which is going to be the movie that comes out of all those series. 
they'll have all those guys to play with because they're deliberately going to make them part of the cinematic universe mm-hmm. through tie-ins and you know mentions and and we'll have whatever they spit out of Agents of Shield because they've finally begun getting the supervillain on. We had the Absorbing Man featured prominently at the very outset of Agents of Shield this year. So if you look at who they've got to work with right now, yes, it's not enough for a Civil War storyline. Because you can barely form a dodgeball team with what they've got. <laughs> and between now and when this movie would likely be, many years in the future, like 2019, 2020 time frame, they've got time to introduce us to new characters. And they're going to have to. Well, they do have time. But one of the considerations we're going to run into is this is the same problem we're running in with the... Which, which one is it? The X-Men? I'm trying to think which one. No, the Avengers one, where they keep trying to bring in these lesser-known characters so they can push along the overall storyline. And the problem we run into that is we don't get enough time with a character before they're having to do important things. Right. And so it's one of my that's, complaints. That's, that's with, problem of, of with, movie uh, adaptations uh, of literature, though. True. So that's, that's, that challenge is going to be there for them no matter what, because you've, you've got so much... I was talking to Gohex earlier about why I enjoyed Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Okay. And oh, how, The Clone Wars animation is great. I don't, it wasn't even the animation that got me. It was the story. Well, I mean, line. just that, that series. That series. Yeah, but it was the fact that they, they did the impossible. They made me care about Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yes. Because they had, su- that, uh... they had sufficient time to tell the story and see, oh, it's a slow fall into darkness. Oh, now I get it. You know yes, what, though? The things that the movies just could they, not They do. didn't have time <clears throat> to do. They couldn't, couldn't compress it. They're also doing something other uh, kind of horribly on the flip side of that is that they're making you care about some of the clones. They, ha- they have names and <laughs> characters that repeat. And they off so them like nobody's business. <laughs> And that, yeah, and they and they 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 care about the Jedi that they work under, and they help each other, yep. and they're all like saving each other at the last minute. So then, when Order sixty six goes through in that movie, you're like, ah, oh, no, Cody, ah. evil, evil, how dare they? Exactly. Oh. No, there was a the great episode in the last batch they released for season six and straight to Netflix, which was fives with his chip malfunctioning they had the 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 almost discovery of the evil plan of order 66 and then the the sith pulling it back from the edge and keeping it secret it's like oh so close it was a great episode of what could have been if only someone had looked a little closer and considered and it was a good commentary on there basically by that stage we're treating them as being just as disposable as droids and and that's good because yeah it, it it lets you change that kind of story they were telling where initially, well, they're almost like humans yeah. now. But getting back to Civil War, this is the same challenge of, God, how do you compress that storyline <laughs> into even a Peter Jackson-sized movie? Let's, let's, let's say they go full PJ on this, and they have a three-hour cinema version and a four-and-three-quarter-hour special edition maybe they could address all the all the threads that because the whole point of things like civil war is crossover issues and ex, ex special editions and every ish, every character in yours gets a book because they want to sell books <laughs> so the story well, as well as a chance to kind of reset certain characters very often yes um and that may be their chance to change change up actors because right around then they'll need to start swapping out for younger people or less expensive people, which which 
Marvel is notorious for wanting to go for low rent people and, and not pony up money for well-known actors. That's the battle that, that Downey Jr. has had with him going on and on. So we'll see. It's an interesting. We've been here before with Marvel. We've looked at what they're doing saying, uh, okay. And then we get things like Guardians of the Galaxy. So Which... they can deliver on some unlikely propositions. Yes. Um, I didn't. I didn't see Winter Soldier coming. I knew the basic out story outline of Winter Soldier. But I'm like, but that's a Cold War era story. What the hell are you doing, guys? Yeah. How do you modernize that? They turned so- it into a spy thriller that almost had tangential relationships to superheroes. Like, holy crap! I just watched a Bond film dressed yes. up as a comic book movie. If they can keep surprising me an old-school Marvel fanboy like that, they will have my money until the day I die. Um, and that ties it right into what I was thinking. When people start to quibble in the coming years about, like, oh, how can Iron Man be played by so-and-so, and how can Captain America now be played by so-and-so, all you have to do is remind people, they did it with James Bond for years. Q was always the same guy, but Bond suddenly was somebody else. And they did it with the Hulk already. Yeah, three times. Well, twice. So they, they don't. They don't admit the Ang Lee Hulk movie existed. It's all. It's all about the Incredible Hulk and the Avengers are the only two. So we've got Ruffalo and Norton, and that's it. Yeah, and I love. It gave me one of my favorite throwaway lines is just from. Um, kind of right, Ruffalo talking about last time he was in New York. I kind of broke. Harlem. Every, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, well, yes, you and the abomination. Yes, you did. Um, so they've already demonstrated the ability to seamlessly transition a fairly major character. Not quite as headliner as things like Chris, Chris Evans are becoming and Chris Hemsworth. Uh, we're kind of becoming, and especially Robert Downey, who kind of is Tony Stark, so he's going to be a, a difficult That's, one. That would be a challenge. It'll, be, be, it'll be a really triumph hard. for whoever can pull it off, if they can. We'll see. Wouldn't put it past him to kill him off, either. Uh, uh, they could, but that would be harsh, right? We're I mean, talking about comic book killing here, okay? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Where like, you don't ever die. They killed Loki in Dark World, you know. Oh, so briefly. <laughs> And they couldn't even wait to the end of the movie for that reveal. It's like, oh yeah, he'll be back next movie. Oh, you guys, you guys couldn't even wait. Damn it! Uh, so, again, we're cheering for you, Marvel. We 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 are pretty sure you can do it. Yeah, they've yet to disappoint. That's my thing. I, I give a lot of companies kind of that kind of credibility of, until you treat me badly, I will I will say keep on. Well, keep speaking on. speaking of Marvel and treating badly. Good segue into, from ScreenCrush.com, Marvel-y, Mar- <laughs> Marvel officially canceling Fantastic Four comics before reboot hits theaters. Oh, boy. Shots fired, ladies and gentlemen, in the relationship between Disney, Marvel, and Fox. Uh, so the rumors began earlier this past summer. Was Marvel declaring war on the Fantastic Four movie? The upcoming reboot, directed by Josh Trank and starring Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Barra, and Jamie Bell who uh, <laughs> is set up at Fox and basically further down the article, bleeding cool shares the description from Hachette Marvel's bookstore distributor of an upcoming milestone. The end is forever. 
witness the closing act on the first family of the Marvel Universe. The invaders meet the Fantastic Four as the hunt for Reed Richards and the missing kids of the Future Foundation continues. Meanwhile, the mastermind behind everything unveils his ultimate plan. And basically, they are having the final issue of the Fantastic Four come out and stopping the series before this movie hits theaters. Interesting. Huge middle finger to Fox. Uh, they've their uh, toy distributors have been forbidden from licensing any Fantastic Four merchandise. So Ooh. basically, there will be no merchandise to back up the movie. They are kind of throwing the gauntlet down of, you should really sell those rights back to us now. We've got lots well, of money. Say, they've been trying forever to make that point mm-hmm. of, this is ours, give it back. And they've been trying to figure out ways to justify being able to get their own IP back. And so this sounds absolutely like this is what they're trying to do. And it's mainly because Fantastic Four books really don't sell that well. They're not pulling the same tactic with X-Men because the books make them money. This they can do without taking a big chunk out of their bottom line and without pissing off a a large portion of their fan base because Fantastic Four readership and fandom has been on the decline. They're not. They've had a series of meh, not really all that interesting movies. Um, Fox, you know, demonstrating their ability to piss all over the the characters. Doc Doom with organic armor. <laughs> who, How dare who, you? Who got his powers on the same trip with the Fantastic Four? Oh yeah, that's canon. Yeah, that one. Was, that just pissed me off. They had a good actor playing the role of Victor Von Doom. I loved the casting. I thought the guy they picked was perfect. He was the pretty boy who could pull off the uh, arrogant really well. It's just what the the origin story of the game was all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to be really interesting to see where this one leads, if they can really strong arm Fox into giving it back. Does that mean Sony's in their crosshairs next? The hard part, though, is why would any company give it up? Because it's attached to a Marvel name, I mean, yes, they're going to try to do it with the the marketing side, all the all the toys and such. But you make so much money doing a Marvel IP right now; yep. it's almost guaranteed. It is pretty and much. I mean, the guarantee is it'll make a certain. I mean, you look at Spider-Man three. Not the best example of a Spider-Man film. Emo. <coughs> Sorry, it was my, <laughs> my yes, seizure again. Exactly. Um, and the whole, you know, the, the their version of the black suit and and, uh, that, and, and ter- venom terrible. and the you know the the villain bloat, it was just not great. It still made Sony Pictures a crap ton of money. So as long, as long as we, the paying public, keep honing up money for lousy movies, they are never going to let go of these rights. They've got them, and, and as long as they spit out. Some kind of movie every X number of years before yep. they revert, they just get to keep them. So that's why we got Spider-Man reboot so quickly. Well, they had to they had to churn out a movie. Well, but at the same time, there's parts of it where I don't hate because I like what they've most recently done with Spider-Man. See, I couldn't bring myself to go see two. It took me a long time before I decided to check it all out. But when I did, I got over myself and was like, all right, let me see it. And I didn't hate it. In fact, there were parts of it I quite liked. I felt like it better captured what I believe Peter Parker is than what they had done with anything else up until then. And so I like James Garfield in the role. 
Um, I think for a foreigner, he pulls off a, a kid from Brooklyn real well. Um, he's got the a much greater amount of of uh, pissy teenager uh, confidence to him, yes. which was very much a part of Peter Parker, Spider Man in the early days. So I'm I'm a punk who got myself some power. Um, so there's the whole. I say James Garfield, Andrew Garfield, there. Not the president, not the former president of the U.S., <laughs> the actor, Andrew Garfield. Um, oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both Garfields. They're all orange cats anyway. The, he, he does, he does the, the, the punky uh, uh, smack-talking version much better. I don't know if they continued that through line. They into did. Two. Oh, good. No, uh, it still had that same feel, and that's where I was kind of sitting there like, okay, this is not bad. Um, people had complaints more with the villain side of it, but they were trying to set up their own franchise with it like everyone else is, right? Well, if you've got time, I want to explore this because both Fox and Sony are showing all the signs of doing world building like Marvel did in the early days. So you've got the the slow pan over all the gear of the Sinister Six in Spider-Man 2. Exactly. And you have the Age of Apocalypse teaser at the end of Days of Future Past. And Days of Future Past, for whatever else it was, was the most masterful retcon I have ever seen in a film where the original creator came back in and without doing a reboot and Hollywood, I know you're listing. This is how you reboot. You don't reboot. You retcon undid all the damage that the shitty movies (laughs) did and got them back on course with a new set of, of younger actors while giving a graceful retirement to the old squad. Now, they had the, the benefit of a time travel story that was beloved by fans to do that, in, but they, so they chose well. But now they are well-situated to use the younger, less expensive actors that were already introduced to via first class and continue storytelling and go into another big... and with threats of crossovers f- with uh, Fantastic Four. So they're going to try and build their own Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Sony can't really reach into other um, franchises like Fox can because they have Fantastic Four and um, X-Men, but they at yes. least have the rogues gallery of villains that they can build upon. I think they might be stampeding for the soft spot here by going straight to the Sinister Six without paying their dues. Um, <laughs> we'll see what the actual next movie takes shape. Well, they're smart, though, because I, they at least made something that I am very curious and kind of excited to see, well, what are you going to do with these characters now? You've done some kind of neat things here. And so it's like there's something amazing could happen here. Well, how much did they deliver on, because they laid the groundwork in the first one there, so where Peter doesn't know certain things about his past and what his parents were up to. So the They imp- absolutely, yeah, they do that whole piece. They get into it more with the second to kind of push it along to say that it does fit in now that there's all kind of a connection because and they me, get into that past enough to say okay so they, they didn't do any big reveals they just built on it more they built on it more they okay. did enough to say that okay this they really were part of something with oscorp and and peter may not have been you know if that spider had bitten someone else this not would not have happened exactly it was designed specifically to, so, as a way to control and that is weird to me because that entire idea is lifted directly from the Ang Lee Hulk movie. Right. If you go back, that's exactly what they did. The father was experimenting on Bruce, and that set him up to have a different 
reaction to the nanobots than someone else would have. But so, I think that on Lee stole that directly from the Spider-Man comics in like the late '90s, early 2000s, which they where they did this exact thing they're doing in the Amazing Spider-Man too. Okay, so this is not unprecedented. No, that was already done in the gotcha. comics. Yeah, I'm not a big reader of Spider-Man. I'm more X-Men and <laughs> Avengers end of things. Yep. So I, I had missed. You know, they they pissed me off and lost me with the whole Clone Saga thing. So I stopped reading uh, Spider-Man. Makes sense. I, well, and I I'm wonder, very much. Oh, go ahead. I, oh, I wouldn't agree with you that like I think that. They did a really good job in Spider-Man, the newest Spider-Man movies. Uh, uh, I like Andrew Garfield. I like the action and the way that the movies... What about James Garfield? Together. How do you think about him? <laughs> He'd be a great Spider-Man. Fat Spider-Man. <laughs> but uh, um, I love in Amazing Spider-Man 2 that they stayed as true as possible to the Gwen Stacy storyline. Yeah. That was pretty brilliant. Yes. And that was one of those where you had to respect the fact that they did that so well. Now, yeah, how did they, they didn't change that one iota, really. I mean, well, it was a different guy on the glider. I was going to say, uh, they didn't have Green Goblin, right? No. So, Not necessarily. Well, but... it depends on how you marked it. A lot of people said it was, and a lot of people are like, no, 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 it's, you know, that was Hobgoblin, or yeah, it's hard to say. Mm. But I thought they did it really well to the point of getting even the costume down and the death pose down to, like, that was straight out of it. Yeah. Good on them. Yeah, because yeah, that, that was truly a, you know, you had Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. But that was that was a coulda, shoulda, woulda. I was peripherally guilty of dooming him. This was <laughs> my actions caused moment for Peter of, okay, this is going to reshape your entire psyche and turbo-mature you in ways that no other experience could. So the snarky kid has to grow up fast because, hey, life just hit you in the face with a brick, um, which was what that moment was always supposed to be about in, in the Peter Parker saga. So I'm glad they seem to have paid it the appropriate respect. They did. And, I mean, even with the changes in, because that was one of those initial concerns, it was, you know, how, even with the, just the overall reboot, it's like, how are you going to do the origin story? And that was one of the things that kept me away from Spider-Man for a while, was I don't want another reboot origin story, everything the same. And thankfully, they did it fairly quick. And so they just kind of said, yeah, they realized, okay, we've done this. Now we need to stop. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I was getting I was origin story uh, dread. Yeah. And then there was a kind of silence when I was expecting, <laughs> well, expecting oh, Barry to talk. More to say that. I thought Barry, well, you know. I was, yeah, I was going to. Uh, I, I mean, the death of Gwen Stacy, spoilers, yeah, is, stir, is, uh, spoil is everything part else. of the storyline of Spider-Man because it marks, like, the second chapter in his point of being Spider-Man. It's the same thing they did with the X-Men when they reboot the X-Men in, like, 76 and started over with the all-new, you know, uncanny right. X-Men with mm-hmm. Wolverine and Storm and introduced all them. It was a turning point that took, the like, to the next chapter and, like, blew it up, made it what it is. Yeah. Like, when Gwen Stacy died, it took Peter Parker from kid in high school to, you know, now he know he really felt the consequences of his yeah. actions, even as Spider-Man, and it just reinstated... Uh, all those things Uncle Ben put in his head and why he became Spider-Man in the first place. Yep. All right. Again, Sony, we're counting on you not to screw this one up. 
You've, yes, you, we are. You've drifted far at previous times. Um, just, just saying, emo, emo, black-suited uh, Tommy McGuire. Uh, we, that's that's well, hard to rinse out of the old brain. I was going to say, my worst part about that one was still Venom. Yeah. Just, just wasted. The black suit was bad enough, but taking one of the most iconic villains in the in the whole Spider-Man world yeah. and turning it into not even close to the real character. You don't have no. Brock Samson being the jock and the real angst that was always with Peter Parker from back in the day. It just oh, it's like they'd even try. They didn't pay their dues. That's that's what everyone is looking at DC with their yes. with their rush yes. their rush to the Justice League. As oh, a, God. No, did well, you not see the they years? They started with Batman Robin. Yeah. When you talked about having a great cast and then screwing the pooch on it, you couldn't have asked for a more all-star cast at the time when everyone was huge than Batman Robin. Bat nipples. Can yeah, I just well. point out that you said uh, Brock Sampson, and that's the guy from the Venture Brothers? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But uh, damn, that's... wouldn't he have been an amazing Venom? <laughs> well, so almost the same character, right? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Try not to was, die. Brock. Yep. Brock, no, no, throw Brock, Brock Thompson. Thompson, thank you. Yeah, no, Flash Thompson. So Flash, Flash Thompson. Yeah. Um, Brock Thompson was the guy who was the original Venom. He right. was his character in the comics was very close to the character that they cast uh, that Topher Grace played. He was another photographer. Mm-hmm. He was down and out, and uh, he blamed a lot of it. He actually blamed a lot of his problems on the fact that uh, Peter Parker was getting all the good photos of Spider Man, yep. and he hated Spider Man. But Spider- they tried you know, to they tried to cram it into one movie yeah. instead of having an arc get over multiple, yeah. and also. You have a, a Spider-Man movie, and you got Venom in it, and your primary villain is the Sandman? Yes. Oh, I go off on that all the time, because I honestly thought the way they did Sandman was fairly good. It's a great rendering of the character. His motivations were exactly right. Yes. It was perfect. And if he had been alone, it could have, yes. been, it could have been as tragic a villain as Doc Ock was in the original second Spider-Man. Absolutely. And it would have been so eloquent if they had just relaxed a little bit with that old the, – the problem that all these movies run into when they feel like they have to overload the number of villains. Yep. If they would spend an honest time and buy in with each of the characters they got – you do the whole Sandman story just like they did, and you leave out the others. You, you start the seeds of what's going to happen with Hobgoblin, and you basically go with Venom being the answer to the Sandman. You get the black suit because you have Sandman beating the crud out of – spider-man the whole movie until he acquires the black suit and that gives him the edge he needs and he beats it and that leads you to three more movies right at the end of it you begin they show you just a little bit of the price that the black suit exacts just, just, a touch. just an indication that something's not right then you leave it and you exactly. make a stew for a year and a half two years and that's what you make us want that next movie not what you gave us instead it's it's this weird I mean, look at the Marvel superhero films and do a villain count. <laughs> and they're actually going to the opposite stream. They keep reusing Loki to death and won't overload with new villains because they keep reusing the old one. So they're, they're maybe trending the wrong direction. And yet, because Tom Hiddleston, we keep not getting tired of Loki because it's freaking Loki. Um, <laughs> yes. And But they, they give him good stories to inhabit. So uh, in, in another studio's hands... That might have been, oh, God, Loki again. Guys, don't you have an original idea? <laughs> but you don't hear people talking about it in that way. You don't say, oh, God, another Loki. Like, oh, cool. Hilton's deck is Loki. Awesome. Um, 
And on the other side of the coin, you have Hydra, which is a brilliant villain or uh, antagonist for anything because it's multifaceted. It's a thousand people, and if you cut off one head, two more appear in its place. Cut off one head, two more shall arise. The only thing I don't like right now in the TV series, Agents of (laughs) S.H.I.E.L.D., is the frickin' Hydra decals on everything, and the Hydra badges sewn to every piece of clothing they wear. I understand it's a comic book trope, but really? We say, Cobra! Cobra! (laughs) Morons! I have morons on my payroll! (laughs) Best Cobra Commander line ever. Um, But yeah, it's that... I, that was one trope too far for me, and I hope they calm it down as the series goes on, because right now they got Hydra logos on the walls, they got <laughs> Hydra decals on all the suitcases, and they got Hydra patches sewn to all their clothing. Frickin' really? Hey, somebody made a heck of a killing selling them on marketing. I guess. Somebody, they, they got the patches made, like, they, they did it in bulk and saved a ton of money. <laughs> Great, doesn't mean you should use it. Just because we can do a thing, it doesn't mean we should, <laughs> okay? Ian Malcolm think, said it first. I think they literally had a moment in one of the episodes where the heroes were running around trying to figure out where the secret Hydra computer was, and they went, I think it's the one right there with the Hydra logo. Exactly! That was last <laughs> season. God! Yeah, yeah uh, uh, just stop, I think they're self-aware. It. I think they're doing it on purpose. I think they are, too, but I think it's it's a bridge too far. I think it's a little bit much. Are they doing it because it's television and not like the movie where, therefore, you can really spend some time in it that it almost thinks of itself a little too cute I don't because know. it's TV? I mean, because they had I, the bit at the end of uh, Winter Soldier where they're in the Hydra lab and introducing Quick, their version of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, and they're talking about the, the guy who eventually will become Crossbones, who they you know, beat to hell in that movie. Um, and that was just dark, dank, underground facility, generic number 305. Yes, exactly. Whichever one. The only reason you knew it was Hydra because they had the Sherman-speaking man with the monocle and, <laughs> and, and Loki's freaking scepter with the mind gem in it. Um, so you don't have to stamp everything with the Hydra logo. How many evil organizations have logos? I'm just saying, um, (laughs) secret evil organizations. Exactly. Secret. That's the key. It's not. Uh, yeah. Because I was going to go, oh, let's see, Microsoft, Google. Oh! (laughs) Burn, comma, sick. Uh. Starbucks. Starbucks logo kind of looks like the Hydra logo if you think about it. I think they just they just it cut. It kind of does actually. Mm, how many tentacles were missing? You know, outside the frame on that one. Um, <laughs> but I love the bit where in in Agents of Shield in the episode right after Winter Soldier, where they had the Shield logo come up and then eclipsed it with the red uh, Hydra logo. It's like that was a nice bit of filmography there. That was awesome. Um, so. On one hand, they, they've got me, and on the other hand, they're alienating me. So I have this whole love-hate thing going on with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. It's like, oh, you're getting closer. You're getting closer to what I think you, you're capable of, and now there's decals and everything. Come on, guys. But anyway. Hey, you got to brand it so you can sell it. I know. I know. There will be action figures. Oh, there will be action figures. All right, one last thing for today's show from nerdapproved.com, and I approve of that uh, nerd site name because I'm a nerd, and I approve. The first Star Wars arcade game in 14 years will have uh, you searching yes. for quarters. The Star Wars Battle Pod. Um, 
It'll make its debut during the New York Comic Con, which just happened. Uh, Dave and Buster's in Times Square for a preview run that lasts until November 2nd, and the full rollout will be in January. The Battle Pod has you sitting in your own little pod with a joystick controller trying to navigate the Death Star Trench Run. Good choice, guys. With all sorts of whiz-bang that will put the old Vector Graphics version to shame. The old Vector Graphics version was freaking awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, there is no shame in that. that no shame at all. In some of its best ways. I will play that game two days, especially if it's the sit-down version. If I get a sit-down version of that or a oh, sit-down version of the Vector Graphics Star Trek game, either of those, and there's hours of my life gone right then and there. But, uh, let's see, a unique dome enveloping your entire area of sight, which enables the player to be surrounded by gameplay images and experiences on the dome screen. So basically, uh, Oculus Rift in hat form. Um, yes. I'm good with that. Uh, five stages that recreate the fiercest battle scenes from the original Star Wars trilogy. Good. They chose their source material well. Uh, players take command of vehicles that appear in the film, such as X-Wings. Good. Snow speeders. Plus, speeder bikes, eh, Millennium Falcon, oh yeah, and the TIE Advanced Prototype. Boo freaking yeah! I have you now. Uh, Don't get cocky, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, with this announcement, did you, have you guys seen any of the video or responses basically of the PR people who've gotten to sit in it and get a chance? I was too busy wetting myself just looking at the still photos. Um I have not read any reactions. Uh, they do have a little video here that I'm not going to play right now because I would drift off and stop talking. But the <laughs> the it's it's basic uh, fighter style joystick and throttle mm -hmm. controls, so you can you know it'll it'll be generic. But the depth of field that's implied by these shots with the heads up display in the near field, the look of it, targeting reticle in the far field, and and the yeah, graphic, no, the look of it's beautiful. But the, the, and the graphical sensibilities are taken are taken you've right. Seen it or not, or nope. seen anything about it is because I watch the videos and I understand the experience they're going for. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the Harry Potter ride with the big, um, essentially the big, what was it that came out of it? Uh, it's really such a big experience that you feel like you're right in it, and so the motion feels amazing, things like that. My criticism, having watched it is that it looks like they just um, put it as a rail shooter. Likely, yeah. And that may not be accurate. This is, but this is, remember, this is for arcades. This is not a game like we are used to playing on our PC Master Race gaming rigs. This, there, there is, is, this is a I'm quarter munching say. monster that has different uh, design goals than... They want to be entertaining. They want to kill you at selected intervals so you pump more quarters in. Um, so you may not be entirely satisfied with it other than from the G-Wiz technology perspective. But as far as replay value is concerned, maybe not so hot. And that's my concern, right? Because I played very, I played so many of these kind of sit-down arcade games. And it's also an interesting thing because for the most part, the arcade experience is not what we remember. Right. It's no. a different. It's a different beast today. Yes, it is down to the Dave and Buster's. Well, it's got to be stuff that can't be replicated with a console at home, or they're not going to people are yeah. going to come. So it's got to be over the top. It's got to be different. Got to have accoutrements and and guns and 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 this one has the dome with the flight simulator. So you know, you won't have this experience maybe in the near future as the various Oculus Rift style uh, projects near completion. But for now, this is what they have that will draw you to the arcade. 
Agreed. And so I am curious. It's Star Wars, and so as much as I try to promise myself I'm not going to just give I promise myself I wouldn't cry. Money, uh, <laughs> it's still something that I know is going to entice me. I'm going to be curious of it. I want it to be amazing. I've been hurt before, man. (laughs) That's the problem, right? I keep thinking, like, but it's been done to me so many times, I I can't feel good about it. Well, this is, you know, Lucasfilm also now under the great Disney umbrella. So it's the Disney Marvel Lucas juggernaut. I was going to say, try going a week without somehow accidentally giving them money. (laughs) Uh, Trust me, I have to try. Yep. They continue to put things on the shelf. I'm like, no, I do not need that massive replica of Vader. Yes, I do. That could sit on my desk and look amazing. And you know what? I read an article, uh, and I wish I could find it now, but uh, it actually kind of blew my mind because it never really occurred to me. But the question was posed, how long do we have until Disney buys Nintendo? Ah. All poor. <laughs> Can you imagine Pokemon uh, under... Disney's tutelage. Gee whiz. Well, uh, they would have every <laughs> plushie ever. The mind wobbles. And talk about Well, so it would be the return of, uh, what were those little plushie toys that were big forever? Beanie Babies. Yes, it would be the return of Beanie Babies. Beanie Pokies. like Tribbles. Because <laughs> <laughs> you would have to get them all. Got to get them that all. That would be the problem. Got to get them and- all. And they would then enact Disney's master plan of actually turning us into the world from Wally. Because <laughs> we would all just be stuck in our homes and get fat on their products. And Bring me my hover couch, boy. By and large, is your super. Anyway. <laughs> so, on that uplifting note of total death and destruction on the horizon for our society to be rescued by a trash compactor on treads. We're going to end. Uh, Wayne, uh, Nate, thank you for rescuing me from uh, solo on-air uh, suckitude. Best I, way to recover from a hangover yet. Booyah! <laughs> Having to focus on something you love. Must focus, can't barf, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Uh, so let us summarize the summary of the summary. Join us on the web at www.alphageekradio.com. You can also start dipping your toes into mobile.alphageekvideo.com. The 24-7 stream is up and running, and live shows are going to begin over the next week as we experiment with uh, simulcasting Google Hangouts and direct broadcasts of all your favorite shows that you're listening used to listening to on audio that if you're near a place where it's safe to watch, you can now absorb <laughs> via video. It's that whole. That's the, I mean, the, the the radio existed to give you that way to you know listen in your car. I would not recommend using the video product for that purpose. Just saying, common sense has to come into this equation at some point. Uh, your feedback is welcome. You can email info at alphageekradio.com with uh, feedback, suggestions, and ideas for the new video channel and all the existing audio channels. The video channel is basically what you're used to from the audio channels, but with moving pictures. So recent episodes will play on repeat when shows are off the air, and you'll get to do live shows with IRC interaction uh, and you can see the people you're talking to. I know these crazy new technologies. I think we'll call it television because it, you know, uh, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> also available on the front page of alphageekradio.com is our new Roku app where you can 
absorb all the audio channels, and I managed to get the video working experimentally, so don't expect hey. it to be necessarily reliable. Got the video working this morning, so all four audio channels and now the video channel are available on your Roku box. Just go to the link on the front page and follow the instructions. Click on the link. It's basically you sign into your Roku account, put a magic code in to get the special private channel downloaded to all your boxes, and then consume. Um... Works on also on mobile devices, Roku boxes, smart TVs. Just point them, point their browsers at mobile.alphageekvideo.com, and you can find us on the web on the Twitter. The network is Alpha Geek Radio. The show is Hardcore Casuals. I am on there as Gnomewise. Wayne is on there as Doc Dead, and Nate is on there as is it the Barry v- Von Awesome or just Barry VA? What's it up to these it's days? Barry Von Awesome. Just just Barry Von Awesome. At Barry Von Ock. At, oh, excuse me. I wasn't speaking Twitter speak. I said all the at signs, you know, I get so confused with the hashtags and at signs. Oh, my signs. God, I think he's a member of Hydra. <laughs> Hell, uh, Hydra. Well, Cut off one head, logo. two fabulous ones will rise. <laughs> I'll be in the Hail car. Hell, Hydra. Hydra. Uh, Wayne, you got anything you need to pimp this week? Really, it's that, and it's fun that you've gotten into the video side, too, because that's something that Show X has been playing with on VTW Productions. Fun, isn't it? And whole other it can is. of worms. It's that whole, like, how do I really want to do this? What do I want to show people now? Yeah. Must they see me? This has literally been a year and a half in development of, God, just the... The weird, you'd think, well, you've been doing audio all this time. How much more complex? <laughs> yeah, way more complex when you add video. Oh, Holy yes. crap. Oh, wait. This takes a lot more bandwidth, doesn't it? Bandwidth is murder, and suddenly you're worried about lighting and camera quality, and my God, how much is my forehead shining, and re- <laughs> reflections in my glasses, all kinds of wacky considerations that... But I've just decided to, to give it a go because people seem to like to consume. It, it's not that they want only video. I'm trying to give the full menu of yes. you can consume the information wherever you are, whatever's convenient for you at that moment. So if you are sitting still in front of great bandwidth, great, 720p video, bring it on. If you're driving around in your car, great, 56K audio plugged into your car stereo. Rock and roll. We will be there for you, um, bringing you the nerd stuff wherever you are. I get it. It's a package deal, and you really want to just have people look at your package. I want you to look <laughs> at my package. I want you to appreciate all the aspects of my package. I want to bring my package to the world. Is that what you're saying there, Nate? Yeah, right in their houses, in their faces. I want to bring my package into your home over the Internet. <laughs> into Oculus Rift, no less. Excellent. No, no, let's not go down that rabbit hole. All right. Thank you for joining us for this off-the-wall episode of Casually Hardcore. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, let's go around the room here. I have been Gnomewise. Who's going to I have been Doc Dead. Ah. And I am the... Bye-bye, radio people.